Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining me today. This is your Good Divorce Coach, Karen McNenny. Today, I feel like I got a two-for-one deal. We have a very articulate, wise guest who comes to us not only as a divorce professional, but also as a pioneer of the good divorce. Welcome and hello, Marcetta Sparker. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me. This is uh, really very exciting. I am already excited to have you back on the show. I'm planning ahead because you have a really (laughs) interesting professional profile in and around the divorce industry. I've invited you today to talk about your super unique journey of marriage and divorce and this family that has transcended lots of ups and downs. Would you just give our listeners, though, a little context of your professional background as it relates to the sure. divorce industry? Uh, but the divorce, I became a CDFA. I think, uh, and shortly after that, I got my real estate license, mortgage broker, and my CDC, which is where I think you and I met. And it's all of those things together that I'm now pulling in uh, for this new launch of Your Divorce, which is a new new business in Katy, Texas. Yeah. And just um, give us the essence of what Your Divorce and the vision for this new company is. Your Divorce, um, I'm, I'm, I'm designing it in such a way that it is, I guess you could consider it a one-stop shop divorce. It, we provide a, a holistic approach to couples. Uh, it's like an, uh, an alternative to going to the attorney first. Yes, you can come uh, to your divorce. You would meet with me first as a CDFA. Um, I am a neutral party to both of them and, and want to help them get through all of their financials so that they can reach their agreement, their settlement um, peacefully. Yeah, uh, well-informed and, and with, with thought. All the other aspects of the divorce settlement, such as real estate, um, lending, and legal, uh, even though legal is not under our roof, we do outsource it, but real estate and lending, plays, uh, they both play a big role in the divorce settlement. And we make sure that um, as we're going through, every, all the professionals are kind of working together seamlessly, right, to get them to where they're trying to go so that they don't have to go look outside. Um, you know, one, the lender doesn't know what the real estate agent is doing. The real estate agent doesn't know what, what's going on with the decree and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a different approach. Um, and we also uh, can be advocates for one spouse. Uh, mm. And sometimes, you know, people can't go through the, the uh, more peaceful way and they really need help. Uh, they need advocates. And uh, so we can, we can provide that too. And, and also, you know, be expert witnesses and things like that to help them. So. Mm, it sounds so interesting and so needed. Thank you. Yes. We will be having you back on the good divorce show to talk about uh, the journey that you're taking with your clients as you open up it, and reminding everyone you've already been affiliated in this industry for a long time. This is just yes. a new groundbreaking business this is a, plan. It is. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Yeah, we're well, very excited about it. Let's put a bookmark in the Your Divorce 
one-stop holistic approach and and actually go back in time to your youth. You were a musician, a traveler. Mm -hmm. I see you moving through all of this international community. And as one does, you find yourself falling in love. Pick up the story or tell us where does this story actually begin? Well, the story begins in Buenos Aires, but I was living in Barcelona, Spain. My parents moved uh, from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, where I grew up in 1970 to Barcelona, Spain. Artists both uh, just wanted the adventure. So in 1983, my mother said, let's go to, let's go to Rio de, de Janeiro. And, and, uh, and then from there, we'll go to Buenos Aires. She was Argentinian and you can meet my family. And that's what we did. And I absolutely fell in love with that city. It is so vibrant and alive. It's just, uh, you know, and the musicians are just tremendous. So I said to mom, can I, can I not go back? to Barcelona and can I stay and try to work here? And she said, sure. So that's what I did. And about how I had old a, were you? When I was you 23. Then, 23. I see 24 Arch- actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24. And uh, I had a demo tape that I recorded in Barcelona. I was already a professional songwriter and jingle writer for TV and radio and a singer and um, music is a very big part of my life and still is. So I had a demo tape and I had given it to somebody, another musician in Buenos Aires. And he calls me one day and he says, you have to go to the uh, Estudio del Jardín, which is the garden studio, because somebody there is already madly in love with you. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever, laughing, you know, because no, he's, he's crazy about you. You've got to go. It's okay. Well, you know, whatever. So I go and sounds I'm, like I'm, the sounds like the start to a rom com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was called to uh, lay down some vocal tracks and somebody's recording. I don't know. Anyway, so I go to the studio and there are lots of people and singers and musicians and recording engineers. I don't know who's who there, but I go in and I said I'm here to to lay down a track and. So I do that. And, and then this one guy comes up to me, one of the recording engineers and says, I, I have something I'd like to play for you. And so we went to another little area of the studio and he played a song for me that he had written and was singing. And, and uh, I thought, dad, he's so good. You know, well, anyway, I left and my friend said, that's the one, that's the one that is crazy about you. And that was Raul. So Raul. <laughs> we, uh, he communicated. Yeah, that was Raul. And uh, we met up uh, a couple times later, I guess, and I'm trying to remember, a few days. And uh, we never separated. Uh, we, so we never really had any dating, so to speak. We dated under the same roof. We just could not separate from each other. Uh, we had a great musical connection. And um, oh we my just goodness. Kind of got along. Yeah, so um, it, was, it was really lovely. So three and years, this, right? Mm-hmm. This love story begins to unfold in Argentina. It does. It and does. were there children that came? Not to yes. This? Yes. My, our first child was born in Buenos Aires. Uh, that was in 1987. Uh, we decided that uh, you know, we wanted to form a family and we discussed marriage and, you know, having all different family members around the world. Um, we couldn't get it coordinated. So we, so we went after the child first, let me put it that way. (laughs) Choose your own adventure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, fortunately I had the insight 
to, once I was pregnant, to go to the U.S. Embassy. And uh, I explained the situation. I said, well, you know, we would like to get married, but I would like to give my U.S. citizenship to my child, to our child. And they said, mm, no, that's not going to work because of the years that you've lived outside of the U.S. However, a U.S. citizen out of wedlock, having children out of wedlock, can give the U.S. citizenship to their children. So I went back home and I said, Raul, we get married. Kid is Argentine. We don't get married. Kid is a U.S. citizen. He goes, that's a no-brainer. We don't get married. I said, perfect. Wow. Let's have our children first. That was what we decided. Okay. So Alan is born, and uh, it became quite apparent that as a single person or as a musician and living off of dollars, because I had a little bit of dollars for my grandmother, and it was going a long way, it was not a place to bring up children. It just, it, it, the whole financial and political situation of Argentina is so corrupt. And I, and I knew I had to be back in the Northern Hemisphere somewhere. And my parents living in Barcelona said, come on, come back to Barcelona and, and, and you know, we'll, you'll go from there. We'll see how that goes. So Raul, who had told me when we met, I just want you to know, I will never leave Argentina. <laughs> we were on a plane a few months later with a baby and two cats. And uh, we moved to Barcelona. And never um, say never, <laughs> never say never. It's very dangerous. I've learned not to do that. Well, I'm going to fast forward, but we in Barcelona, um, we were just fine. I mean, as a couple, we had a, a, a great place in the you know, sort of the Gothic area of Barcelona. Barcelona is a great city. Um, and our second child was born in 1992. I remember that was Olympic year. Uh, and uh, everything was just going along just fine. My father's mother was living in Sarasota, Florida, and she passed away, and her villa was up for sale. Um, this was, now I'm talking about 1994, 95. And it hadn't sold yet, and the conversation came up about, well, should we move to the States? And I really didn't want to. Um, I had had a little bit of bad experiences living in L.A. Uh, for a brief period, and got caught up in a shooting. I was fine, but I, the whole U.S. kind of scared me. And I, I think I, I was quite European at the time. And I, I just was afraid for my kids and that kind of thing. But Raul said, we've got to go to the States. I would love to live there. It was his dream. And the more I thought about my kids growing up, um, being able to go to school in the U.S., and maybe university in the U.S., it just started to make more and more sense. So we did. Moved to, to Sarasota, Florida. Florida. And at mm -hmm. that point, that was 1995. Two children, point, not married. Two, yes, not married. We better get married because he had to be able to work. Uh, so uh, it was the right thing to do. It was the right time to do it. And we called, you know, we, we set up an appointment with City Hall and there we go. And I remember we were holding on to the hands of our two, two boys. And inside, I remember thinking this is not going to last. I know this marriage is not going to last. And it was kind of sad in a way, you know, it wasn't a big celebration thing. Uh, I don't right. think that Raul thought that far ahead. Uh, but in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't going to work. Um, so we got married and kids started school and things were moving along. And very slowly, as with most marriages, I think, it took a few years to unfold, right? To for it to reach a point um, 
in that period, we each lost a parent. We, we went through changes and they're hard to explain what they really were. I, I, I want to say they, they were really just growing pains. We started to grow apart. And, fr- and you get frustrated because it's not like either one really did anything. Uh, so you can't really blame the other person, but you kind of hate them for it. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a period where it's a little rough, you know, and, and you know, they say, be careful of the words you use, you know, because you, you can be forgiven, but they, it's hard to forget. Well, in our case, as with all marriages, I think you say things that are pretty horrible, and we did. It was certainly uh, forgiven and forgotten. It's really more what you do that matters. Uh, And what we did was we always cared for our kids. We never fought in front of them. And if we did, it was minor. We never spoke badly about each other. Right. So you're morphing along. You're having those growing pains, feeling like things are maybe inevitably going to unravel and off. And you're still in Florida at that time. Yes. And how many years were you sort of in the status quo of that? I'm going to say probably, if I was going to say the day we got married, because that was my first thought probably of it, to maybe about seven years, six, seven years. And I'm not saying it was all bad, but the last few were rough. By the time that we morphed, Uh, so to speak, under the same roof, by the time we put the sale sign outside our house, we were the best of buddies. I mean, he, he was better than a girlfriend. Isn't that an interesting twist? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Better than a girlfriend. (laughs) Better than a girlfriend. Over the course of that time. Well, it sounds like there is more twists and turns to come in this divorce story. (laughs) And when we come back from the break, Mercedes Barker, uh, divorce professional as well as good divorce pioneer, is going to unravel the story a little further so we can understand how it is that you and your ex-husband ended up being quite close friends still to this day. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello and welcome back. I am your Good Divorce Coach, Karen McNenny, today chatting with Mercedes Barker, who is on holding for us a very interesting international romance. I'll tell you, it sounds like a (laughs) rom-com. We're now in Florida. There are two lovely children. The day of the wedding, mm, you had that feeling and that knowledge in your gut, Mercedes, that this may not be long-lasting. Nonetheless, you said, I do. And then what unfolded? Well, we were leading up to the I don't. I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Well, as I was saying in the previous segment, it took us about seven years and maybe the last couple of years uh, under the same roof, we really became um, good friends. It was all over with pretty much. Um, and so we put the house up for sale and um, I got my hands on a divorce packet because it just seemed logical that that's what we needed to do. And I'm flipping through the pages and there were a lot of pages to- let me tell you, it's Flipping very through, overwhelming. It's I, overwhelming. I think people it don't understand is. in that day oh, that you went to the courthouse to get married is probably one or two pages of paperwork and lickety totally easy, totally easy to so get married. Easy. Yes. So easy. Um, really complex but, to get unmarried. D- yes. And honestly, it just gave me such a bad vibe because when I realized that Raul was going to be told what he had to pay his child support when money was never an issue with Raul ever. Um, And they were going to, I had to set up visitations. Well, I was never going to do that. I was never going to not let him see his kids whenever he wants to see them and vice versa. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't for us. And so Raul and I looked at it and I said, what do you want to do? I, and he says, are you planning on getting married or, or anything like that? I mean, is that in your mindset there? And I said, no, not at all. And I said, what about you? And he says, I will never get married again, period. And I said, well, you know, let's not go through the never, you know, I'll never do right. something. We've, you we've know, done that one before. We've done that one before and it didn't, you know. But for now, we both agreed that this was silly. Just let it go. We'll wait until the kids are over 18, you know, which would be, I don't know, let's see, another 10 years or something. So we just didn't care about it anymore. Okay. So we, yeah, it was, and it made it so much easier. So we sell the house. We, I do remember having a conversation with the boys a little bit. I think they kind of knew what was going on, 
But we made it uh, sound exactly the way it was that, look, yes, we are separating. Yes, we will be living in separate households, but we are family. We always will be family. We're mom and dad, and uh, you don't have anything to worry about. Okay. How old were the boys at that point? I'm trying to think now, 13 and 8, something like that, maybe. Yeah. 13 and 8. They were, they didn't have questions. They didn't seem worried about anything. Um, you know, Raul and I were, as I said, we were best of buddies and joking around and everything was just fine. And when I say joking around, we, I, I, uh, I want to be clear because somebody asked me this once before, were you, re- did you really morph into siblings? Was it? I absolutely promise you, Karen, we were in that area as dead as dead could be. Um, wow. no monkey business of any kind, you know, we were truly family and that was it. So then the question came, okay, where are we moving to? <laughs> so, so well, let's get an apartment. And then Rose says, do we want to get an apartment where the two doors are right next to each other? You know, the two, and I go, nah, mm, no, maybe that's a little too close. So we found two apartment complexes that had a tennis court between them. So I rented in one of them and he rented in the other. And the boys, could, we liked it because the boys could just, all they had to do was cross the, the uh, tennis court to go, you know, go back and forth. I'm going to ask ahead. a couple clarifying questions because I think sure. this is a, a fascinating arrangement and I can almost hear the voices of our listeners. First of all, challenging, well, if you were getting along so well and you wanted to raise your kids in mm-hmm. close proximity, why did you even separate how you knew that this was the right choice for your family to be one family living across two homes? Because there's an element, I mean, what's the difference between being friends and husband and wife? And the, the difference is, is there's a romantic part, right? There's a, there's a loving, there's a sexual, there's all of that in marriage that was dead for us. And right. we, we were, we, we felt that we could still, uh, we still had the chance, right, to, to, to grow in those areas with other people, too. I mean, not that we had anybody, but we just wanted to move on, right? But you want your family intact. Was there ever, like, a parenting schedule, how you arranged where the boys would be, where they knew they would be, who's actually going to be in town. I hear the fluidity, but was it kind of day-to-day, week-to-week discomversation between you and Raul? I think Raul's greatest pain with the separation was not living with the kids anymore. Even though he was just, you know, down down the pathway there, it's still, you're not there, you're not waking up with them, right? You're not, they're not in the same house all the time. So he had uh, total free reign uh, to come in and out, out of my apartment. He never slept there or anything, but I mean to say kids come home from school, dinner, he'd be there for dinner. No big deal. Or he would say, they're going to come over to my place or we're going to go down to the, to the clubhouse or we're going to go swimming or it, it, it was never an issue. It was day to day. We knew where they were. There was always a parent. And we just planned the way any couple would normally, you know, I mean, just, or I sure. would call him and say, well, you know, we got Kentucky fried. You want to come over, you know, and eat with us. <laughs> uh, it, it was just, just normal stuff. Right. Um, no big did deal. The, did the, did your sons have bedrooms in both apartments and belongings in both apartments or was this more like no. a, a nesting yeah model? no they had 
Right. They had their own rooms. Well, that's because Raul uh, rented a smaller apartment. He had rented a one bedroom. Um, so the boys, if they were going to sleep over there, which they didn't very often, they would be sleeping on the couch or whatever. No, they had their rooms with me. They, I, I had see. a three bedroom apartment. And um, so that was their permanent home. And dad was yes. across the tennis courts and always available Correct. and often at Correct. your apartment. Absolutely. And I could count on him so much that in, in, uh, I, I guess within the first year that we, we moved there, I met somebody in Midland, Texas. He was a pilot and he had a private chartering company. Uh, so I started flying back and forth uh, and, you know, just having a lot of fun. And Raul loved it because the arrangement was when I'm visiting in Midland, you can stay at my apartment with the kids. Oh, he loved that because that was his opportunity to be with them, right? To wake up with them, to, you know, just be the dad. It was kind of interesting arrangement uh, for a little while. And then I was offered a position at Wachovia Securities in Midland. And I really started to think seriously about a move and um, thinking that was the best thing. And, I, and I'm glad I did it because it was the best thing to do. But the story was one of my trips back to Sarasota, I said, we have to have a family meeting. And, and uh, I sat down and I said, we, uh, I got to move. We're going to move. Uh, and, and the boys said, we're moving where? I said, we're going to Midland. But for one brief second, I saw in Raul's face, just horror, the thought that oh. he was going to be left behind. Uh, and it didn't hit me. Yeah, it didn't hit me at the moment because I had already figured this out in my head. He was coming, but I just hadn't said it yet. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and he looked, you know, looked and says, well, I can't be without you guys. I, and I said, oh, relax. We're all going to move. OK, I mean, to rent an apartment here right across the tennis court, why don't you rent one a mile away, you know, from us? And that's exactly what he did. Um and so everybody got kind of excited about it. And he drove the U-Haul with my older son. And I went with my younger son in the car. So anyway, uh, so we get, we get there and, and I built a home. And uh, that was done in like six months. And Raul uh, rented an apartment literally less than a mile away. Same kind of thing. Uh, so I lived with the boys. Uh, they lived with me, so to speak. And they would just go up the road uh, to their fathers anytime they wanted. And Raul would come frequently. I mean, I'll, you know, we were, again, we were like family. It's like, hey, I got some steaks. Do you want me to cook them? Sure. I loved it when he would cook because then I don't have to cook. So it was as if we were married, but not married. And we're not a couple. <laughs> we're right? wrapping our head but around that family. one. I know. I know. That's right. And we can transcend. And, and this is what I love so much yes. about your story is that it does give us an imagination for what family can look like and for people who might be yes. choosing to stay stuck in a household that that doesn't feed their soul or isn't no. healthy or vibrant and no. that we can liberate our family in a Absolutely. new way. Absolutely. It's in a wonderful thing. And, and Raul, at the time, you know, he's my 3 a.m. phone call. I mean, if I ever needed anything, he's the one. Right. I mean, he's, he, you know, he has my best interest at heart. For you, it seems so clear. You were never going to leave Florida with the boys. 
and and sort of amputate oh, their father from their never. life. Never. I would never even consider it. And does a divorce? Why would perf- I hurt all these people? Oh, right. Why would you hurt all those people? <laughs> but I know you and I share also sort of a philosophy as well as um, an ambition to make sure that fathers, men in the divorce story Absolutely. don't fall into some of these um, old kind of social patterns that can be really yeah. damaging. I'm very passionate about that. As a matter of fact, Karen, Um, I think men are underserved. A lot of fathers are not, are not. um, And that's a whole different, you know, a whole, whole different subject, but, but I feel very strongly about it, but yeah, no, I would never do that to my kids. I would never do that to Raul. It's just, it's not in my DNA to do that. And and not in his either. Um, Uh, In fact, uh all of our in-laws, nobody was affected. Um, I mean, my mother-in-law adored me and still did, did to the day she died. Yes. Um, if you were to ask my sons, how did you, and I asked that as a matter of fact, not too long ago, how did you guys experience our, our separation? Our, our, what, what went through your heads? And they kind of looked at me sort of, you know, deer in headlights and, well, it just didn't. I go, what do you mean? So, well, because you guys were always together. There was never, we never really felt it. I mean, we knew, but we never felt it. Mm. And that, that alone just, that just warms my heart because that means more to us than anything in the world. Absolutely. That makes a mama's heart sing. Yeah. And and that's what we want to amplify to our listeners that divorce is not in its essence, what damages children, their futures. It's adults behaving badly. That's what does the damage. Absolutely. Absolutely. It isn't divorce. Look, a divorce, really, we should be saying, oh, we're getting a realignment (laughs) because that's really what it is. You're just realigning. You're, you're, You're getting out of the couplehood and you're turning it into something else. And how much of that something else, of course, is up to both of, you know, every, every couple is different. In my case, that something else was even better. You know, I mean, it just... I couldn't ask for a better relationship uh, mm. uh, with Raul, and um, and and there is, uh, and as I'll we'll get into it, but there is a uh, an element of uh, till death do us part. Sure, you yeah. y- you commingle your DNA. That's forever. Yeah, those that is kids, forever. those yep. grandbabies. Yeah, um, and did. there you are now living in this new arrangement. How long did that continue? And did you both start dating? Like what happens Um, in this scenario of we're not really married. We're not really divorced. We live in this really magical middle, middle earth. Yes, there was definitely dating. Um, uh, True. That's, I mean, I can't reiterate it enough that that aspect of us was completely dead. There was never when, when we say we're li- we're not married, but we're kind of married. No, we weren't married as a couple in any which way. Um, just on paper, we were still married, but we were definitely friends. Yes, he had uh, a couple of girlfriends, and it was interesting because uh, one of them wanted him to move to San Francisco, and and Raul can't do that. Family comes first, and of course, for any woman, that's a hard thing to understand, perhaps because what you choose them over me, and that was a problem for Raul. Mm. Um, and then there was another girlfriend, uh, poor Ralph. <laughs> she uh, was extremely jealous, but to the point of disorder. Um, 
he couldn't uh, share a birthday with his sons and me, for example, without, I mean, literally there were like 300 telephone calls that came in to disrupt it. So um, he cut that short. Um, so he did, he was not lucky in that regard. Uh, so any other relationships been kind of light for him, but that's the way he wants it. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's, uh, it's complicated. I, on the other hand, um, was extremely lucky and, um, that's a whole different, uh, story in, 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 in how we've evolved when, um, now I'm working, Raul is in his, his apartment. He kind of went through those two girlfriends kind of thing. And um, he starts having some health issues. Midland and Odessa are sister cities and it's a boom bust town, oil. Um, and we were going through a boom. He was going through some um, disability because he couldn't work. He was a manager at one of the supermarket chains there. And he just couldn't handle physically. This now became a problem. My kids were, had moved to Houston already, so I was an empty nester. And here I am again. What's the right thing to do? And the right thing to do is to help him. So just as this was happening, Tom, my significant other, and we've been together now for 10 years, um, and I had started a, a, our, our little relationship at a distance. He was in Michigan. We used to go to elementary school together. And he found me 40 years later on Facebook. You know, something started that? between us. Yeah. So that's a, that's a whole romance in and of itself. It's a beautiful story. So um, I say to Tom, look, I know this is odd, but I need to get Raul into my house. I got to take care of him. He can't even walk to the bathroom. I mean, it's not good. And uh, he said, of course, don't even think about it. Of course. So Raul moves in. Okay, maybe that's for the next segment. So yes, let's (laughs) push pause there. You're now quasi ex-husband is moving back into your home. You've started Mm -hmm. a new relationship. The children Mm -hmm. have moved out. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask you this question before we head into the break, Mercedes. Did you ever divorce Raul? Yes. Okay. When we come back from the, from the break, ladies and gentlemen, we'll hear (laughs) how that twist in the story came about. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back. We are twisting and turning with Marcetta's Barker today. Uh, on The Good Divorce Show as she unfolds an extraordinary story, not really of divorce, but actually of family. And there is a new man on the scene. And as I understand it, Tom actually was someone in your life from your childhood. He was still in Michigan where you grew up. He found you on Facebook. A romance begins. And as a musician, you decide, well, I'm going to write a song to this new love of mine, this love to Tom. Mm-hmm. And ironically, Raul was still involved in this courtship. How so? Yes, it's really a lot of fun. I honestly, I, you know, I I didn't remember him, but he sent me a message through Facebook and, hey, do you remember me? And, and I started thinking about it. I go, you're the one that used to carry around a guitar. And anyway, he was a musician. He majored in, in music. And um, so we started talking you know that kind of thing and and slowly it kind of turned into you know more romantic interests and uh all this time Raul is getting better at home and he is following this story with me uh and totally behind me you know he's loving every minute of this to remind everyone the two of you are still married and living together yes and all the children have left yes but yes. we're very separated. As very couple, separated. There is yes, a legal yes. marriage between you and this Correct. siblinghood, this friendship, this now long 20 plus years. Oh, yes. Relationship. So he's following my story, of course. And so one, one day I was sitting down at the keyboard. We have a little recording studio. Um, I started to write this song for Tom. It's called Hey Tom. And one of the lovely connections that Raul and I have is in music. I don't have to explain anything to him. He knows what I'm looking for. He knows the sound, the, 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 the style, the feel that I'm looking for. We've always had that connection. And so I wrote the song and I said, Roll, you know, he was, let me, let me, let me try putting the bass on that. Let me, let me do some arranging. And so he spent hours, you know, at the computer and, and recording. And so I did the, I did the keyboards, I did the vocals and he did the rest. And we, I, we presented that to Tom. Tom was very moved. We all were. And it didn't take long for Tom to move to Texas. Um, he spent a brief period in, in Katy, Texas, but then moved in, moved in with us. Now we're three. And um, to be clear, when you say my new beau, Tom, moved in with us, mm-hmm. who is us? Raul and I, well, Raul was living in my house. He was getting over. He was pretty much okay by that time. So uh, Tom moved in. And Tom, this is the other thing about these kinds of situations. The people that you bring into your life, they have to be just right. 
And Tom is just right. He is the perfect fit for a family like ours because he is, you have to be really sure of yourself, you know, as a man and and everything that there's nothing weird going on. You know, this is just a family and, and, Everybody's caring for each other, and Raul had a health issues, and he was kind enough to understand it. And when he met him, that was his best buddy. Uh, oh my goodness! Was he, there? You know, he always says, "You're you're my brother from another mother." Oh, um, yeah. Was I mean, there a moment where you all thought about sort of changing things up, or yes. that Raul might move out? Yes. How did that unfold? That was Raul. Raul came to me one morning and he said, you know, Mercedes, I, I think I better find a place and move out. I mean, I'm a third wheel here and I, it's not right. And I don't want to, I don't want to do, I, I feel for Tom, you know, I, I, I don't want to disrupt anything. And I, I said, are you sure? You know, because I, I didn't see a problem, but I understood, right? The dynamic is a little odd. So I went to, to Tom and I, and I explained that it, it didn't take but two seconds. He went down the hallway into Raul's room and he says, please please don't leave. Please don't. And oh, they were wow. hugging. He says, I love you. I really do. I've, I've grown to love you. You're a, a great guy. And you're my family. Please don't leave. Mm. And it was, it was an emotional moment, you know. Um, shortly after that, uh, the whole kind of dynamic of the house uh, took a bit of a, 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 of a change. Um, his daughter's Three this daughters. Is Tom's came. daughters. Now these are Tom's daughters. Yeah. Anyway, his his daughters came to live with us, and we were open arms about it. Raúl played a very important role in that. He was like a third parent, uh, a bit of a grandfather role or crazy uncle role, if you like. I mean, the girls loved being with him, and you know he can be goofy and fun. And but in the, but <laughs> behind the scenes, he was a parent, and he would go to Tom or to me and say, "Hey." Um, you know, I heard about this or be careful with the other or, you know, she's going to a party or I don't know, just whatever it is, you know, being a sure and, this way you and, could at um, least play man to man and not have to be yes. playing zones. The three parents yes, exactly. uh, actually sounds kind of dreamy. Yeah, it kind of was. And it, it helped Tom a lot because it was very emotionally taxing for him. Uh, the whole move of the girls. So Having uh, not just my support, but having Raul's support was a big deal. Mm. So they're they're tighter than ever. And in in that whole period, Tom said, "Why don't you get your real estate license?" Uh, because Tom had his, and we'll be partners. Oh, and Raul said, "Are you sure? Are you want to do that?" Because absolutely, it's a no brainer. And so that's what Raul did, and they've been partners ever since. And in fact. You know, we have a the you know Gabriana Real Estate, and their partners there with me, and one other part, one other partner, um, who's part of the um, RA, the brokerage firm. So we're four partners in, in Gabriana. Uh, and this so, is all part of the your divorce vision as well. Correct. You will be working together to support families to create exactly. new paradigm. Yes, and both of them have very different stories to tell and experiences. And there probably isn't anything you couldn't tell either one that they would understand exactly what you're talking about, right? Because they've lived it. Um, so it's kind of wonderful in that way. Uh, so, well, so fast forwarding a little bit, the girls uh, and, and uh, were kind of coming and going a little bit. One came and left and one another one came. You know, I don't know. We were down to two. And in 2019, my uh, son my younger son who has the um, 11 year old child 
uh, told me that they were separating, you know, the mother of the child. And of course it broke our hearts, but I was fully expecting that to happen one day because they were kids having kids. Uh, they had a child very young and, uh, you know, the odds of a marriage like that working for the rest of their lives, is not, not likely. Um, and my hope, my hope was that our example would spill over and they would also know to do the right thing for that little girl. And boy, did they, uh, they were phenomenal. They're phenomenal parents. And, um, Annalise, is my granddaughter. Annalise's mother is a daughter to me. I will love her forever. Uh, so, but it was still a tough time. And I thought, well, we're going to move to Katie. We decided to move. Uh, we bought a house that had five bedrooms and, uh, we said, why don't you guys just, I'm meaning my two sons, come live with us. Uh, now, now it's my two sons, Raul and Tom. Let's regroup. I think it would be better for my granddaughter because she'll, she'll have all of us and the dogs. We're a great distraction. And, and Annalie absolutely adores Tom. That's her other grandfather. Um, so that's what we did. And it was a good move. And we, that was in June of 2019 and, and then COVID hit. So we oh, really yes. kind of hunkered down together, um, went through that period together and it's always peaceful living. I mean, there's just never any dramas. We still okay. had two daughters. Oh, go ahead. Well, sorry. I just got to say, Mercedes, to, to, to get us, I feel like I've been on pens and needles this entire episode. It is the good divorce show. Was yes. there, has there ever been a divorce? And Well, that's a great question. And um, yes, the answer is yes, but it wasn't the way most people would divorce. Uh, we just got to a point, uh, 2021, we started talking about, you know, we really need to just tie up our, tie up these loose ends. There's just no reason to be married. And of course, Tom and I are talking about marriage. We would we would like to also tie up our, our loose ends, so to speak. We've been together for 10 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're till death do us part kind of couple. So uh, we did. We, we uh, went ahead and, and, and actually an attorney filled out the paperwork for us. And we filed and 60 days we were divorced. What was that was, day like, that experience um, after it was all those funny. years, 20 20 years, 25 yeah, years, 25 years, something like that. I can't even count. I don't even know yes, my divorce but... memory. It was actually a happier memory than my marriage. Isn't that not my, well, my wedding day, uh, because I, I knew the wedding was just not, wasn't going to work, but the divorce was so free of drama and hurt and pain and everything. It was, I, it was actually kind of funny. We were, they were doing it on zoom. So all the tiles, you know, of everybody's faces that were in that room for that day, were showing and Raul and I were sitting on a piano bench in front of the computer and on Zoom uh, and on camera and we're looking at all these faces and there's you know they're crying and they're they look sad well of course they're getting a divorce and it's raw you could just you could feel it but there we were just kind of laughing our way through it and the judge called out our name uh, we were one of the first ones and uh, he went through the rigmarole of you know is there any chance if you to re reconsidering or re reconciliation. And we laughed. We said, no, nah, you kidding? No way. We're done with each other. It's been 25 years. <laughs> what are we doing married? And uh, so the judge laughed with us. But what was funny was looking at the other people's faces because they couldn't, 
you could tell they were trying to figure this out. <laughs> How is it that right. these two people are so happy and they're just best of buddies? And we said that to the judge. No, we're family. We're best of buddies. And uh, he goes, well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, you are now divorced. And he signed off and that was, that was it. It was truly a non-event. So as of October 2021, we are legally divorced. And yet still roommates, housemates, yeah. family members, yeah. business yeah. partners, yeah, it's confidants. But to give you an idea of Tom, of Tom, of Raul's personality, he was just in Spain, in Barcelona, Spain, visiting. And I was, I, I have this thing about, we have a pool and I'm always a little concerned about anybody swimming alone, you know, accidents, things like that. Right. So I, I went to swim and I said to Tom, just, just look out the window when you're upstairs and just, just take a look. So anyway, I'm swimming and I hear out of the ring camera, Raul from Barcelona, Spain saying, are you alone? And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, I'll watch for a while, you know, until somebody comes. I mean, Raul is the watchdog of this family. He makes sure the doors are locked. He, uh, you know, he, he, he's watching for the two very distracted people we have in the family. Tom can lose his glasses, his keys, you know, that kind of thing. My father's the same way. Raul's always on top of it. I know where they are. I'll find it for you. Hey, you left the door unlocked. Um, I, he's, he's very... Um, uh, caring of everybody in here. And we count on him for those kinds of things. It's hard to explain. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and Tom is, he is the most um, peaceful, uh, big hearted person. I mean, he's a musician as well, very artistic. And we're just a good fit. Everybody's a good fit. You're but there's no confusion family. of what the rule. Yeah. What, what, everybody's role is there's no there's no getting out of your lane i don't know how to explain it there's no weirdness mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just there we are you know what are we having for dinner who's gonna cook sometimes raul cooks sometimes tom cooks sometimes i cook you know? um it's just the so, normal stuff it's your normal absolutely it and it can normal. be for other people as well it absolutely can and it's my understanding that the the that now your father, your aging yeah. father, is also in the yes. home. Yes, I have a very, uh, thank God, knock on wood, very healthy 92-year-old father. I mean, he rows, he swims, he, you know, his uh, his head's still together. He just, uh, he's just part of everything, you know. He adores Raul, he adores Tom, the boys, my little, his great-granddaughter. and Everything is just good. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, we hmm. have reached and evolved. Uh, over the decades into this. And that, I think, is the greatest reward for making that effort to have a good divorce. Because it isn't just the divorce, it's everybody that is affected by your divorce. Um, a bad divorce, it just spills over your kids are bound to repeat, you know, you're, you've broken your relationships with your in-laws. And why? Why do? Sometimes it's inevitable. I know that. But I think most reasonable people, if they gave it just a little bit of thought, it just pays off. You just, you're, you're setting yourself up and your kids for healthy relationships, uh, for a life of, of, of meaning and purpose. You, you, you know, uh, I can't tell you, I would lie to you if I told you I thought of all those things when we were going through our separation. I didn't. Um, but I'm so proud that we did do it that way.
Yes. That, that it just was a natural thing. And it does take a certain, um, there's got to be some integrity and there has to be some love, right, for the other person for, to be able to well, do that. I think so often we forget that divorce actually is comes from the wellspring of love for for most people out there there was a love story there was an act of choice to marry to bring children into the world and as you stated when we started our conversation sometimes there are growing pains and changes and shifts in the relationship that bring about a necessary ending but there's no reason to flush the love on the way out and flush everybody else with it you know because they get hurt yeah. Oh, yeah. Mercedes, so. so much wisdom and uh, a truly unique story. I'm so excited to have you back on the show to talk about oh, how. Well, thank you so much. You've been leading couples um, in your work as a divorce professional, certainly your family as a model and inspiration of hope and how family can look and that it indeed yep. is time for us to liberate our stories um, of divorce. So yes, impressed indeed. by your family. A reminder, um, as we head out this week to all of our, our listeners in the wake of this beautiful divorce story, remember everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's just not the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.